You are listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. For more information about our church, please visit www.hopechurchipswich.net. As Tim said, uh, my name's Tom. I'm one of the pastors here at Hope Church. And uh, today, as Tim already mentioned, it's quite a special Sunday for us. Um, At the end of this meeting, we're going to be inviting the children to come back up and join us um, to celebrate in worship. And we're going to give of our money uh, into all that God's doing in the church here and um, we do believe that God has spoken to us about um, us having a facility that is larger and uh, more improved than the one we have currently. And so we're going to really, at the very beginning of that journey, uh, give in to uh, an offering later on. And we believe that we might be able to raise £100,000. That's what we're going for um, these, this week and next week. Um, invariably, there's a third of the church away each week. So um, we, we're, we're making the opportunity available next week for people to give as well. Okay, we're in Numbers chapter 10 today. If you're not familiar with the Bible, then Numbers is the fourth book of the Bible. Um, So just uh, flick through the first few books and you'll come across a book called Numbers. And we're going to be looking at chapter 10. So I'm going to read a couple of verses from uh, verses 11 and 12. And then we're going to read a big chunk together, which will come up on the screen. In the second year, in the second month, on the 20th day of the month, the cloud lifted from over the tabernacle of the testimony. And the people of Israel set out by stages from the wilderness of Sinai. And the cloud settled down in the wilderness of Paran. They set out for the first time at the command of the Lord by Moses. Now the next few verses are about the various uh, tribes, part of Israel, who were leaving uh, the desert in Sinai. And uh, so we're going to skip over those verses and then we're going to come back together in verse 29. And Moses said to Hobab, the son of Ruel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, we are setting out for the place of which the Lord has said, I will give it to you. Come with us and we will do good to you. For the Lord has promised good to Israel. But Hobab said to Moses, I will not go. I will depart to my own land and to my kindred. And Moses said, please do not leave us, for you know where we should camp in the wilderness and you will serve as eyes for us. And if you do go with us, whatever good the Lord will do to us, the same we will do to you. So they set out from the mount of the Lord for three days journey. And the ark of the covenant of the Lord went before them for three days journey to seek out a resting place for them. And the cloud of the Lord was over them by day whenever they set out from the camp. Now the Israelite people were about to embark on a very long journey adventure. They'd already been on an incredible adventure as they had been freed from slavery in Egypt. Previous to this, the Israelite people were were enslaved in Egypt for a long time. They had become prosperous in the nation of Egypt and the rulers of Egypt actually felt threatened by that. And so they enslaved the uh, the Israelites and they made them do forced labor and they oppressed them in, in many, many ways. And so the Israelite people were in Egypt without hope. They were in Egypt without a future. It looked very, very bleak for them indeed. Life would have been miserable. They wouldn't have felt full of joy each day as they got up. It would have been another day of slavery, another day of working hard for no pay. And uh, it was a a very, very bleak future indeed that they had. And God raised up a man called Moses and said, I'm going to use you to free my people. And Moses said, no, no, there's no chance. I can't speak in front of people. I've got, I, I, I get all flustered when I speak in front of people and I have a speech impediment. I can't speak. 
I can't do this. I can't be a leader. And God said, no, you will be. And I'm going to do great things through you. Why did God want his people freed from slavery in Egypt? Because he had great plans for them. He had great plans for them. He had said to their ancestor Abraham, who had no kids at the time, he said, I'm going to make you uh, very prosperous. I'm going to bless you. And you're going to have many descendants, as many as the stars in the sky. And you're, you're going to be blessed. Your people are going to be blessed. And your people are going to be a blessing to the whole world. Every nation will be blessed because of you, through you. And so God wanted his people out of the land of Egypt and into the land that he had promised them so that they could be blessed and so that they could be a blessing to the whole world. And so he, uh, through Moses, caused a whole bunch of plagues to come uh, upon the Egyptians, some really awful plagues, and yet the Egyptians would not relent. They would not let the Israelites go. And the final plague that God unleashed upon the Egyptians was that one night he passed through Egypt and killed their firstborn sons and their firstborn animals. And he said to the Israelite people, take an unblemished lamb, take a lamb that's got nothing wrong with it whatsoever, kill it, eat it, and use the blood and put the blood on your, door, on your doorpost so that when I pass through, I will pass over your houses. I will not kill your firstborn. I will not kill the, the, your firstborn animals or your first, firstborn sons. And so now, even to today, the Jewish people celebrate the Passover because God passed over their people. He didn't, uh, he didn't kill off their firstborn. And the, the Egyptians at this finally relented and they let the people of God go. They let them out of Egypt. And yet, the uh, Israelite people were still not free because they got to the Red Sea and they realized they were still being pursued by the armies of Egypt. And just as it looked really, really hopeless, just as it looked as if everything was over for them, God parted the Red Sea for them. And the people of Israel walked through the Red Sea with a sea either side of them. And just as the Egyptians pursued them, just as they went after them to go and kill them, all the waters came back over them and the Egyptian armies were crushed and defeated and the Israelites were able to walk free. They've been on an amazing journey, which is just like the journey that you and I have been on if we're Christians here, which many of us are. We were without a hope and without a future. We were in a bleak place. We didn't know God. Our sins were stacking up against us, and we were facing an eternity without God, which is not a good place to be. And God, because of the shed blood of a lamb, has made, made a way for us to be forgiven. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that we sing about so often, he was sacrificed. His blood, as it were, when we place our faith in him, covers us so that we will not face the wrath of God. We will not face his anger. No, he will actually forgive us. He will pass over us on that final day of judgment. We have been set free. We have been set free from the, the, the adversary that we have, the, the devil who would want to war against us. We've been set free from him. We've been set free from sin. We're no longer slaves to sin. We couldn't help but do wrong before. Now we can say no. Now we can walk free in the freedom that Jesus has won for us. And like the Israelites who passed through the Red Sea, we've, if you're a Christian here and you've been baptized, it's, it's like that you've, you've, your old life is gone now. When, when the Egyptian armies were covered by the waters, the Israelites walked out the other side. They knew that their old life was dead and buried. They weren't going back there now. The, the deal was done. They were walking into newness of life. 
The enemy had been defeated. It's like that when we get baptized, we're saying, our old life is gone now. We're no longer living for what we used to live for. Our old life is gone. We're free now to walk into all that God has for us. And just like the Israelites, they weren't just saved just so that they could rejoice in their freedom. No, they were saved for a purpose. You and I are saved for a purpose. We're not saved just so that we can have a nice party here on a Sunday, although that's great and I love doing that. We're saved for purpose. We're saved into a mission that God has for us. He has great things for us to do. Just as for the Israelites, they had the promised land to come into and their destiny to one day that the nations might come to them and be blessed. We are we are people with a great destiny. We're a people who have a great future ahead of us. The Bible makes it clear that now, as we, because we've placed our faith in Jesus, we're heirs of the promise that Abraham received. But actually now, as people of God, we are blessed. And man, we are blessed big time. We're now to bless the whole world. The nations lie ahead of us. That is our destiny. So they're, they're setting off from Sinai, these people. They've been there a year. They've received the law of God there. They receive the Ten Commandments and so on. And Moses says, come with us. Come with us to Hobab. He says, come with us. They're setting out to the promised land that God had said will be yours. This land flowing with milk and honey. This land is where we're going, Moses said. For us at Hope Church, it's not that we're awaiting a land like, you know, what we're giving into today. You know, the, the building that we might one day have. That's not the promised land for us. I want to make that clear. But we've got a great destiny ahead of us. We've got a great future ahead of us. God has great things to do through this church. And just like the Israelites, their destiny wasn't just the land. It wasn't just a few thousand you know, square miles in the Middle East. No, it was the nations of the world. It wasn't just about this land. It was about the nations coming and being blessed. And for us at Hope Church, it's not that we just simply want to be a blessed people here in Ipswich and to you know, do good things in this town. We want to see the nations reached with the good news of Jesus Christ. We want every nation to be blessed. That's our destiny that we're walking into. We want to claim the world for Jesus' glory and his fame and renown. In Psalm 2, uh, it's a messianic psalm, which means it's looking forward to the Messiah that was to come, which we now know to be Jesus. And God says to the Messiah, who's revealed to us as his son, he says this, Ask me, and I will give the nations to you as your inheritance, the ends of the earth as your possession. God has promised his son Jesus the ends of the earth as his possession, as his inheritance. Jesus is going to one day inherit every single nation, a people from every tribe and tongue, as his very own. We read later in Isaiah 42 that this Messiah, again, we know it is Jesus, but this is prophesying about this Messiah, that he will not grow faint or be discouraged until he establishes, establishes justice throughout the earth. The gospel of the kingdom of God will go to every nation, tribe, and tongue, and then the end will come. That is the destiny that awaits us. So we're about a big task here in Ipswich. We do believe that God has called us to be here and to do good in this town and to see many, many, many people come to know Jesus. But we're about the nations. That's the destiny that we're walking into. Because that's God's plan. We just want to get caught up with what he's doing in the world. We want to get caught up in what he's doing in reaching people from every nation, tribe, and tongue. This is a big thing. We're seeking to make the name of Jesus famous. We want the name of Jesus to no longer be a swear word when people stub their toe. 
We want the name of Jesus to be honoured and revered and lifted high. We want people to come to see that Jesus is the saviour. He can save them from their, their past, all that they've done wrong. He can save them from their guilt and shame. He can give them a relationship with God, which is fullness of life in itself. He can give a hope where there is no hope. This is what we want to see happen here in Ipswich and in the nations. We want the name of Jesus to be lifted high. Amen? Amen. We're seeking justice for the poor and the oppressed. We want those who are living in poverty to be lifted out of it, to see that they have a family here. We want people who are sick and unwell to be healed when we pray for them in the name of Jesus. This is what we're living for. We want people to come to know God as their father, and the spirit as their guide and their comforter, and Jesus as their friend and savior. This is what we're living for. This is what we're giving up our lives for. There's nothing else that I would want to do with my life. There's nothing else I'd want to do. I hope that's the same for you if you're a Christian here. I hope that's what you want to do with your life. So this morning I want to say, like Moses said to Hobab, I want to say, come with us. Come with us on this journey. Come with us into all that God has for us in the future. Come with us. I know that many of you, you know, sincerely, you really are coming with us. You really are. Your bags are packed. You're saying, yeah, I want, I'm on board with this. I want to come along with this. But there's some here, maybe you're on the fringes here and you feel like, I'm not really sure if this is where I want to make my home in the years to come. I'm not really sure if I'm on board with this. I want to say to you today, come with us and we will do good to you. We will do good to you on the journey. It's going to be an amazing journey. God has got great things ahead for us. I really believe that. Do you believe that? He's got great things ahead for us as a church. And I want to say today, come with us. Come with us heart and soul. Pack your bags up. Throw your lot in with us. Come with us. Maybe you've been part of this church for years and you felt, actually, I'm not really passionate about what's going on here. I'm not really. Come with us. Come with us. Put those things to one side that might be holding you back. Come with us. We'll do good to you. We'll do good to you. Moses said to Hobab, he said, perhaps you'll be eyes for us. Hobab clearly knew the, the land that they were going into. He knew the, where they could take shelter and all these various places. He says, maybe you'll be eyes for us. When you come with us, maybe you'll be eyes for us. Maybe you'll in some way be an eye or a hand or a foot, whatever it might be. There's a part for everyone to play here. No one's a spare part. Maybe you think of yourself and you think, I haven't really got much to offer here. Maybe if I was to come with them, I'd actually be a hindrance. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be much of a help at all. I'd just be holding them back, I'd be slowing them down. No, you've got a part to play here. You've got a part to play here. Come with us. Be, maybe you could be a hand. Maybe you could be an arm. I've got a son who's um, one year, just, just turned one recently. He doesn't really know what the various parts of his body are for yet, okay? And so he's learned the hard way that, you know, the knee is not for biting uh, and various other, you know, things that he's done. He's learning that. And as he grows up, I would fully expect that he would work out what every part of his body is for. I'd hope so, otherwise it could get pretty embarrassing for him by the time he gets into his older age. As we as a church mature, we will work out what all of the bits are for. We'll find a place for everyone. There'll be a place for everyone to serve. There'll be a place for everyone to express the gifting that God has given them. There'll be a place for everyone. That doesn't necessarily mean on a Sunday morning. That could mean in various other aspects of our community life. There could be places for everyone to serve, everyone to play their part, to build others up. That's what the gifts are for that God has given us, is to, is to build up the church, to build others up and encourage others. So come with us, come with us, 
Maybe you could be eyes for us. Think about the potential of your life. Think about your life. If you lived out, if you lived your life sold out for God, everything given to him, everything surrendered to him, think about the potential that your life has. Think about all that God could do through you for his glory and his fame. Don't sit on the outskirts. Don't sort of hover at the back of the camp. No, come with us. Be at the forefront. Come and spend your life here. Spend your life seeking the kingdom of God to advance here in Ipswich and in the nations. Come with us. You've got a part to play. We've had promises from God about what Hope Church is going to be and do in the years ahead. We do believe in the gift of prophecy. We believe the Bible is so important to us. We believe it's God's word for us. And yet we know that God speaks into specific situations and to specific individuals and to churches and he gives gifts of prophecy. People come and say, I just believe God is saying this. I believe he's laid this on my heart. We've had, we've had gifts from God. He's spoken to us about this church. He's, we've, seen, we've had pictures given to us of, of, of flights coming in and out of Ipswich and there's no airport here but flights coming in and out, that we would be a, a hub of mission, that people would be sent to the nations, they'd come back and be sent off, and that we'd be sending people permanently, we'd be sending of our best to the nations. That's a word we've had, that people would come here and be trained up and sent on. We've had words about us being a training base, that people would come here and be trained up for the purposes of the kingdom of God. We've had a word about us being an aircraft carrier. We had this quite significant prophetic word last year, this picture of us being an aircraft carrier amongst a fleet of ships and there being hundreds on deck readying planes to be sent on to the nations. These planes are different nations on the sides of them. We believe that it's going to take hundreds of people here in Ipswich to see people sent on to the nations of the world. We believe that. There's no deck chairs on an aircraft carrier I haven't been on one, so I can't tell you that with any kind of certainty. But I'm imagining there's no deck chairs on an aircraft carrier. I'm seeing people here who know more than that, and they're, just, they're agreeing with me. There's no deck chairs there. We're not a church where people could just sit back and relax and do nothing. We want people to be on board. I'm not talking about a rotor here, okay? It might involve a rotor, it might not. I'm talking about genuinely playing your part in the community of God here, using your giftings, encouraging others, building others up, speaking into people's lives. I'm talking about that kind of involvement. I'm talking about sharing the good news of Jesus with your friends and colleagues and family members. I'm talking about playing your part, and it may or may not look like a rotor. Don't we love rotors? There's parts for you to play here. Jump on board. Don't, don't just fill a seat here. Don't feel that you have nothing to bring. Don't feel that you are redundant here or unnecessary. No, every part of the body is necessary. Every part of the body is necessary. Please see this. Don't despise the gifting that you have. See that the gifting that you have is a small, uh, it may just be a small part in the big picture. Those working on an aircraft carrier, they might have a seemingly small job and they might think, how on earth does this actually serve the, the overall mission of this, of this ship? If, if that person was not playing their part, it would fall apart. Every single person needs to play their part. Where, where do you fit? What, what, in what ways has God gifted you? In what ways has he specially gifted you to be able to build this church up, 
Consider it this week. Consider it, how can I serve? How can I get involved? How can I help others? Don't be hung up on getting an official job title. We can so often get sucked into that. Well, if I'm not made you know, a lieutenant in this army, Moses, then I'm not going to bother. If I'm not made an official of some sorts, then I'm not going to bother. No, it's not about having a title. It's not about having people respect you or uh, honor you or give you praise because you've got such and such a title. It's not about that. Put that to one side. It's about seeing the name of Jesus lifted high. It's about making him famous. And it doesn't matter whether you get to have your gifted, gifting uh, recognized or celebrated in front of a huge uh, group of people. Let's make sure that we're not living for our own fame. So the Israelites, they set out together on this great journey, going towards the promised land. But they come across a bit of a problem on the way. Let's turn to chapter 13, shall we? Verse 31. The men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, and we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. So Moses has sent some spies ahead into the promised land. We read there was 12 spies, went ahead, and a whole bunch of them have come back and saying, it's not good news, guys. It's not good news at all. These guys are massive. The guys we're going to see in this land, they're huge. We look like grasshoppers compared to them. I occasionally play for Hope Church FC. Now, yesterday, figure this, we had our first win and I wasn't playing. So that tells, you, that tells you kind of what I add to the team or not add to the team as the case may be. But invariably, before every match, just as we're about to kick off, we'll have a little bit of a warm-up. And it's pretty embarrassing because, you know, half of us can only make it halfway across the pitch before we're tired out. So we're tired before the match has even started. And we'll look across to the other side of the pitch. And sometimes they just look so professional. They're all in, you know, their kits look like they've actually washed them. And uh, the, the, the guys look like they're... You know, maybe, maybe they exercise regularly and uh, they look like they're passing the ball around, doing some drills and look pretty impressive. And we can sometimes feel, man, we've got no chance here. Before the game's even begun, we've got zero chance of winning this match. This is how the spies came back from the land. We've got zero chance. God has supposedly called us into this land, but we've got no chance of getting there. We've got no chance of defeating these enemies. They're massive. We look like grasshoppers compared to them. But then... There's two guys who come back, Joshua and Caleb, and they're full of faith. They say, God is with us. The Lord is with us. We can do this. The Lord is with us. Can I encourage you to be like Joshua and Caleb? There's going to be many things in the coming years that we're going to come up against, and we're going to think, we can't do this. They're massive. We look like grasshoppers compared to them. And I want grasshopper moments because actually we don't have grasshopper moments. Then we think that we've done it and we think that we're somehow clever and we think that we're somehow victorious. Well, actually, we need God to come through for us. And so we're going today to, to try and raise this week and next week, trying to raise £100,000. And I've spoken to people this week and they said, just remind me again how much we're trying to raise over these two weeks. 
£100,000. How many people are in this church? And I say, well, I don't know, somewhere between 250 and 300 adults. Right, so that's X amount of £100 per adult that you're asking for here. Do you think that's even remotely possible? And those people that have spoken to me about that, uh, absolutely. I mean, we've got to measure up. It's right to measure up the task ahead of us. Abraham was well aware when God said to him, you're going to have millions of descendants. He was well aware of his age. He considered his age and knew that he was an old guy. So it's right to do that. But we've got a God who's with us. So whatever we face, whatever we're going for, whatever we feel led to in the years ahead, we've got to remember the Lord is with us. The Lord is with us. And so even though we might feel like grasshoppers compared to the tasks that is ahead of us, we've got to remember the Lord is with us. He can do all things. There's nothing that is too much for him. There's nothing that's too great for him. The Lord is with us. So in the years to come, as we, we seek to see the kingdom of God advance here, we might be praying for, I don't know, 50 people to be on an alpha course. And we might think, how on earth are we going to do that? We look like grasshoppers compared to that kind of target. Or we might look to, to bring X amount of dozen of kids to New Day, to the youth camp that we take our young people to each year and think, how on earth are we going to do that? We've only got 20. How are we going to take 60 or 80? We, we're going to face moments in the coming years where we're going to feel like grasshoppers compared to the things that God has called us to do. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing. And we should look at ourselves and think, man, compared to that, we are grasshoppers. Compared to that, we've got no chance. That is a good thing. But we need Joshua's and Caleb's. We need Joshua's and Caleb's right throughout this church who say, it's okay, the Lord is with us. The Lord is with us and he can do anything. Let's be people who are like Joshua and Caleb, shall we? Let's, Let's fill our minds with a big view of God that doesn't just say, well, you know, yeah, he can do some things. I've seen him do some things, but he can't do that. Let's fill our minds with a big view of God. Let's be in this book. Let's see the story after story of God coming through for his people in miraculous ways. Let's fill our minds with these truths so that we can be full of faith. That when we feel like God is saying something to us, that he will do it. Because he's, he is zealous for his own glory. He's not zealous so that Hope Church can get a round of applause when it comes to heaven. It's about God. He is zealous for his glory. He wants people to come to worship him and see him. That he is worthy of praise. That he is worthy of it all. That is what we're living for. That's what we're living for. So let's fill our minds. Recall to mind the stories in your own life where God has come through for you. Recall to mind those stories. You know, again and again in the Old Testament, God is described as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why is he described like that? Well, because they are... By saying that, they're reminding themselves of the amazing things God did through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and the other uh, heroes of the Old Testament. They're reminding themselves of the amazing stories of God providing for his people, of him coming through time and time again for them in miraculous ways. We need to be those that remind ourselves of the stories that we have seen with our very own eyes. What has God done in your life? Has he come through for you in the way of provision? Maybe provision of finances or of a job or of a house or of whatever, or a family. What, what is it? What has he done in your life? What, where has he come through for you miraculously when you thought, there's no way forward here. God's got to come through here. Recall these things to mind. I sat in a meeting the other week and we were encouraged in threes to discuss the miracles we've seen lately. And I thought, oh man, I can't think of any. And the guys with me couldn't think of any. We gave it 10 minutes 
And before long, we record loads. We record loads of recent miracles where we can only say, that has to have been God. You have to take time to recall these things. It will build up faith in your hearts. It will build up faith in your hearts that whatever God calls us to do in the coming years, and we think, yeah, no, we, we're clear. He has called us to this, whatever it might be, that he can do it, that he can do it. And it's not about us and our ability and us looking good. It's about him and him being glorified. Amen. Amen. So there's going to be grasshopper moments in the years to come. We need people like Joshua and Caleb who say, the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid. God has set us free. Hasn't he? He set us free from all that binds us. He set us free from the things that uh, caused us to be oppressed. He set us free from a future without him. He's given us his spirit. He's given us everything we need. He's come through for us time and time again. Like the Israelites, he'd given them the manna they needed. We've been provided with everything that we've needed. Who here can say, as I've, as I've sought first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, I've had everything that I've ever needed? Who could say that here? A number of people, just raise your hands up. If you can say, I, I saw him first, and he's, loads of you, he's come through for you time and time again. Recall that to mind. And as we give in a moment, recall it to mind. Recall to mind that he has provided everything you've ever needed, and he will keep doing it. He'll keep doing it. Some of you, this will be the first time you've ever given to God, and you've just got to test him. Just say, God, I'm going to give this. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get it back. I don't know. We don't know. But I'm going to trust you that I'll have everything I need as I seek first your kingdom. I'm going to trust you. You know, I've had stories of people saying, I gave such and such an amount, and then the next week I had that and more coming through my letterbox. Praise God for that. That's great. Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) He might not do that. He might not do that. We're going to trust him and say, okay, I'm going to give sacrificially here. And... I'm going to believe, God, that whatever the outcome, actually, that I'm going to have all I need because I'm seeking first your kingdom and your righteousness. That's what I'm putting first here. So in a, in a little while, we're going to give into these offering uh, buckets that will be uh, near me in, in a little while. Let's give sacrificially. Let's give generously. Maybe you've forgotten it was today. <laughs> no doubt some will have done. There's next week as well where we're going to have another opportunity to give into this. Let's see what God will do. We're going to announce the total on Easter Sunday, and I'm sure that we'll be celebrating whatever the outcome. We'll be celebrating God's goodness to us, that we'll be able to go forward together. We'll be able to go forward into the promises that he has for us. Let's believe for him to do great things. Let's, let's put to death the love of money in our lives. You know, that's such a big deal in so many people's lives. We we just, so, we just get so caught up in having the latest stuff or having the house that looks like a show home or whatever it might be. Let's put that to death and let's say, God, I'm just going to give into something here which will have lasting implications into eternity. You know, some of you here in your more senior years, you might not even see, the, you might even see much of the fruit of what's going to come through this church in the years to come. And yet by giving into it today, you're you're, going to have a legacy. Some of you are chuckling, thinking, I'm not going to, you know, I'm I'm of those people that Tom is talking about. I'm of that generation. (laughs) I'm sure you will. Don't worry. I'm sure you will. Let's give in faith. Let's give in faith. Moses never got to see the promised land. 
He never got to see it for himself. And yet, I'm sure he had a pretty big inheritance to come into in heaven. I'm sure that God had a big well done for him in heaven. Let's have an eternal mindset. It's not about building up for ourselves, storing up for ourselves, uh, whatever it might be, technology and sofas and tables and holidays or whatever it might be. Let's not store up these things for ourselves, but let's store up treasures in heaven. It's all God's anyway. It's all his. It's all his money. We get to look after it for him and you know, steward it for him. It's all his anyway. It's all his. Let's give generously. Let's give sacrificially. Maybe if you've forgotten this week, give next week. Give sacrificially and generously next week into what God's doing here. We believe that there's a bright future ahead for us as a church. Come with us. Come with us heart and soul. Come with us. Be eyes for us. Be hands for us. Serve. Play your part. Come and, come and see what God will do. He's going to do good to us. Amen? Let's stand together. The band are going to uh, come and um, be ready to lead us in a final song or two. Let's pray together. Father God, we are living for kingdom advance. We're living that the name of Jesus would be lifted high. We're living that his name would be glorified and revered and cherished and loved. We're living that Jesus Christ will be known as the saviour of the world. No longer as a swear word, no longer as someone who is irrelevant to life, but someone who cannot be ignored. We're living so that Jesus cannot be ignored here in Ipswich. We're living so that Jesus cannot be ignored in the nations of Europe and in the other continents of the world. We're living so that his name will be treasured, that his church will be glorious, that his church will be a bride fitting for him, that his church will be amazingly beautiful, shining in the darkness, being a light for the oppressed and the poor, being a light for those who are living in darkness. We cry out to you now, Father, and say, we are yours. We're living for you. We're living for your glory, Lord Jesus. We're living so that people will come to know you. And so, Lord, as we give our money now, as we give sacrificially, we pray, Lord, that you would provide for us everything that we need, that you would show yourself to us to be faithful to your promises, Lord, that as we give into this now, as we give together, as we rejoice together, as these children who are going to join us in a little while, as they join us and give of their pennies and pounds, Lord, I pray, do a heart work in us. Help us to be free from the love of money. Help us to be solely in love with you and giving of our wealth and earthly wealth now. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. Please feel free to make a copy of this content, but please do not edit the content in any way.